Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, what's going on? This is Talking Football with Ray. My name is Ray, and it is Thursday night football. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, my New England Patriots are taking on the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to be talking a little bit about that game, but we're going to be talking about the Colts. Jonathan Jones, has he finally proven that he is the best running back in the National Football League? The Packers' Aaron Rodgers, well, he's got a toe injury. How much does that affect the Packers? Former GM believes that if the 49ers would have cut Jimmy Garoppolo if they drafted Mac Jones, it took the Patriots months, not decades, to rebuild. Who wins between the Bills and the Colts? And why did the Patriots bring the best out of Matthew Judon? We're going to go through all that. But first, I got to tell you on this Thursday, November the 18th, that this show is brought to you by Newsbreak. Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is the Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses, and I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak covering the NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app from the link I left in the description. It directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I will give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads a Newsbreak app from my link, it directly puts money in my pocket. So download the app, get unlimited access to all of your local news, all of my content for free while also supporting the channel. It's a win-win for everybody. So please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description. I'm going to warn everybody now. It's going to be a short one tonight. It's not going to be long. I got a lot to talk about, but it's game day. So I need to focus on the Patriots that are starting up here in just a little while. But for now on, each day on Twitter, I'm going to ask you for your hottest take, and I will give you the subject. If you want to weigh in and follow, you got to follow me on Twitter over at DPN underscore Ray. From Monday to Friday, look for the hottest take tweet that comes out every morning, and I'll also post a question on my community page on YouTube in case we don't get enough interaction on Twitter. But today I asked for your hottest predictions and hottest takes for tonight's game for the Patriots versus Falcons. Here's some of the responses that I got. My man Ozzy Rhino says, Judon gets two sacks, Mr. Interception with two more and one return. Pats win 38-13. to 13. Very good night for the Patriots if you go by my boy Ozzy Rhino. Uh, I could see Matthew Judon getting two sacks. As everybody knows, I am wearing my Matthew Judon shirt for game day. Uh, two more interceptions. That might be a little bit more difficult. Maybe one. Uh, the 38-13, to 13, I don't agree with. I've already said I think it's going to be a tighter game. However, I get it. I love the optimism from my boy Rhino. My boy Assad said, the Patriots will leave J.C. Jackson on Kyle Pitts alone in man coverage, and he'll lock him down, and he'll get a pick or two as well. 
And really, when you think about it, Kyle Pitts is the only threat to the New England Patriots tonight. Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, they traded away their best receiver. They have another one who's taking some time off. Kyle Pitts, probably the best tight end, or could be one day the best tight end in the league. He was the best tight end in the draft for sure. I don't know if it's going to be J.C. Jackson, though. I got a funny feeling it's going to be Kyle Duggar. I think they're going to rub him at the line of scrimmage. I think they're going to double cover him. I think that they're going to make his life miserable. Uh, I agree with you, though. I don't think that, you know, the Patriots are great at taking away the other team's best players, and I agree. I believe that the Patriots will take Kyle Pitts out of the game. STX Pats fan says, hot take 28-3, to pulls an Uno reverse card, but New England still wins. Actually, my prediction is New England wins the game a score of 42 to 17. There is a lot of optimistic Patriot fans. Good for you guys. That's what this team has done lately, though, right? They've made this team so optimistic about what they what this team could accomplish that we're getting scores like 42 to 17 on Thursday night football. Listen, no time to game plan. I think it's going to be a little bit of a, a ground and pound game. I expect long drives by the Patriots taking time off the clock, but I do expect a Patriot victory. Turban Patriots says 34 to 17 Patriots. Again, another high score. I got it more about 24, 13. That's my take for tonight. Vicarious Patriots says hot take. The Patriots game ends up, or the game ends up a shootout. Oh man, that's a, that's a burning hot take. Cause I just do not see. This Patriots team shooting out with Atlanta. I see this, again, being a ground-and-pound game. I don't think Atlanta's going to do anything on this Patriots defense. Except you almost kind of feel, and I'm going to be honest with you, you almost kind of feel this like the type of game like the Patriots could lose, right? Even though I, I don't think they will, this just feels like it will. We'll have to see. Nash L says Mac Jones will throw over 300 yards in two touchdowns. Possibly. That could possibly happen tonight. 300 yards, not that difficult to accomplish. But again, I don't think it's going to happen because, well, I don't think it's going to happen because I think that the Patriots are going to run the football a whole lot. Just my, just my take. And my boy Thomas says 28 to 21 because it's a short week. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a tighter game because it's a short week too, except I think it's going to be uh 20, like I said, like 24 to 13. And of course, Damien Harris is good to go for Thursday night football. So you're going to have the double headed monster. And I think that Gunnar Olszewski is back tonight too. And I'm going to drop right now that my hot take is that Gunnar Olszewski is going to return a punt return for a touchdown tonight because the Falcons special teams is God awful, like absolutely God awful. But thanks for everybody who uh, weighed in on hottest takes of the day. Make sure that you follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. And you can weigh in Monday to Friday on the hot takes that I give out. Now, the Indianapolis Colts, at least in my opinion, don't have a whole lot to be thankful for this year as we head into the Thanksgiving season. I think that they've underachieved. I think their offensive line has been awful. I think their defense hasn't been as good as it could be. I think that they're lucky to have the score they do. Sorry to my friend Lawrence over at Colts Law. I know he's not going to be happy with me saying that. I just think that this Colts team is not as scary as I thought they were going to be when the season started. However, there is a very big bright spot on that team, and that is Jonathan Jones. And I think it's time to start asking, could Jonathan Jones be the best running back in the NFL? I know he's the best running back in the NFL right now. I think he's got identical yards as Derrick Henry. Now you could say, well, Derrick Henry plays less games, but Derrick Henry's had like 100 more rushes than Jonathan Jones has. Or Jonathan Taylor, I apologize. 
Jonathan Taylor is the hottest runner in the game. He's got a rare con- – this comes from Grant Barfield, I should say. He's got a rare combination of, co- of anticipation, patience, and then burst of race angles at the second level. And a couple of weeks ago, I got into a debate about whether or not Jonathan Taylor should be considered a top five. Because I thought about Dalvin Cook. I thought about Alvin Kamara. Of course, Hunter Henry. Christian McCaffrey, who I still think should probably be deemed the best running back in the league. But it's really hard to ignore what Jonathan Taylor has been doing. And anybody who's a football fan knows exactly what I'm talking about. Anybody who's got him in fantasy knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because he's been so fantastic this year. Just pulling up his stats for the season. Oh, sorry. I put in Jonathan Jones stats. I'm just pulling up his stats for the season because he's got crazy, crazy stats. Here it comes. He's ran the ball 161 times for 937 yards. He's averaging 5.8 yards per carry. He's got nine touchdowns. He's also tacked on another 29 receptions to that. So he's over 1,000 yards in all-purpose yards. I think it's hard to deny how good Jonathan Taylor is. And with with, uh, Derrick Henry out... My opinion is going to be that Jonathan Taylor is the second best running back in the NFL. I just cannot put him ahead of Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is dangerous on the ground. He's dangerous in the air. There's a lot of things that McCaffrey is dangerous. However, I will say, though, Jonathan Taylor has been more reliable. And to quote Bill Belichick, availability is the best availability. Is the best, it's the best ability. Now, it wouldn't be another week if we weren't talking about the Green Bay Packers' Aaron Rodgers. There seems to always be something wrong with Aaron Rodgers, right? He came back last week, didn't look great after sitting out with COVID. It all came out that he pretended that he told the media he was vaccinated. He wasn't. He didn't pull an Antonio Brown, whose chef ratted him out today that apparently he handed in a fake COVID card, but I, I don't really care at this point. But Kamarari, the score, wrote that Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers was absent from Wednesday's practice due to a toe injury, according to ESPN's Rob Dabowski. The Packers held a walkthrough Wednesday, but the reigning NFL MVP wouldn't have participated in any capacity had Green Bay held a regular training session. Rodgers, who suffered the injury uh, before Green Bay's win over the Seattle Seahawks in Week 10, Still doesn't know his status for practice Thursday, but has no doubt he'll be able to play Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. It's still unclear how Rodgers sustained the injury. He said Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show that his toe is a little painful, adding it was a, quote, COVID injury. Rodgers struggled in his return, completing 62.1% of his throws while tossing 292 yards, no touchdowns against one interception. And it's just amazing to me that Aaron Rodgers is the only guy that goes sit at home with COVID and come back with an injury. And this season just seems to be more and more and more about Aaron Rodgers. He's like a a lightning rod for controversy lately. The Vikings have a pretty decent pass rush. It's not great, but it's decent. And I'm starting to wonder if that toe injury had a little effect against Seattle last week. Because 62.1% and 292 yards and no touchdowns is not good. And if Minnesota can play tough, and if Minnesota can get them a little bit, I don't know what his mobility is going to look like with a toe injury. The Green Bay Packers are in a really precarious position right now. 
Because when you look at the NFC, I don't know if you can look at Green Bay as one of the top teams. Dallas, Tampa Bay to an extent, even though they lost a couple of games. Arizona, L.A. It's kind of funny because like three of those four teams just came off of losses and the Packers are coming off a win. I mean, I saw some power rankings that had Green Bay ranked number one. I don't think Green Bay is the best team in the NFL right now. I think there's so many other teams that they could put a, they could put ahead of him. Or ahead of them, I should say. You got guys coming out this week saying that Aaron Rodgers looks, I think it was Julian Edelman said, Aaron Rodgers looks disinterested on the Green Bay sideline. It just feels like things are just slowly falling apart. Like it's not this total collapse yet, but we're just watching like brick by brick as the Packers fall apart. Jordan Love comes out. He looks awful. Doesn't look like he's going to be a viable replacement for Aaron Rodgers. Of course, the only, you know, one game in his entire career. You can't just judge him on that. The whole COVID thing with Rodgers. Now the toe injury, the terrible loss against Seattle. Cause you can't turn around and say that was a good game. I mean, how much faith can Green Bay fans really have right now in their team? And I know that sounds disrespectful to Packer fans, but really, how? Uh, there's no way a Packer fan could look at me right now and say, you know what, Green Bay should be ranked number one. Because they shouldn't be close to ranked as number one in the power rankings. The San Francisco 49ers are an interesting team. Remember they traded up for the third overall pick and the entire world believed that they were going to draft Mac Jones? And then they took Trey Lance and kind of shocked the world. And then, of course, Mac Jones falls to the Patriots number 15. He's got them on a four-game win streak. Hopefully tonight they can beat Atlanta, be on a five-game win streak. If you're not a Patriots fan, screw you. I hope that they can win. But what if they would have taken Jimmy Garoppolo? What if San Francisco would have done it? What would the landscape have changed in, in, in San Francisco? Dov Kleiman tweeted out today that former Jets GM Mike Tannenbaum told Rich Eisen that if the 49ers had drafted Mac Jones over Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo already would have been cut. Now, a part of me wants to agree with that right off the hop because what we've seen is, is Mac Jones was the most NFL-ready quarterback. We don't know in three, four, five, six years if he's going to be the best to come out. He's the best right now. He's better than Trey Lance now. He's definitely better than Zach Wilson. He's better than Justin Fields. He's looking better than Trevor Lawrence, even though Trevor Lawrence is starting to look a little bit better game after game. However, yeah, I don't think that – I think Garoppolo would have been would have been gone already. I think they would have went with Mac Jones. I think he would have been the starting quarterback. But I also think the system matters. There was a time that Patriot fans were getting frustrated with New England, but they took a long time to protect Mac Jones. I don't know if Shanahan would have protected Jones. He may have threw him into the fire, and he may have looked a little bit like Zach Wilson. He would have been telling him to take deep shots. Move the ball as fast as you can. Shanahan's way more aggressive than McDaniels. The Patriots waited. It's like the Patriots knew. Stay patient, stay patient, stay patient. All right, it's time to unleash him. And we started seeing that the last couple of weeks. Let me tell you what Mac Jones has done since week six, and I'll tell you whether or not I believe he would have done that with the 49ers. Because Hoops Empire tweeted this, Mac Jones since week six, ninth in yards. This isn't amongst rookie quarterbacks. This is overall. Ninth in yards, fifth in touchdowns, fourth in touchdowns to interception ratio, second in EPA per play, seventh in average depth of target, 11th completion percentage over expected. Patriots are four and one. The Patriots' highest PPG, tied for first in win percentage. 
if Mac Jones is playing for San Francisco, I don't think his numbers look like that. And I'm not saying that Mac Jones is a system quarterback. So get that out of your mouth. Get that out of my head. Don't put words in my mouth. But a part of the Patriot, you know, a part of being a system quarterback, a part of the Patriot system is building their system around their players. Right. Belichick putting his players in the position to succeed. That's the, that's the system, but you need the players to do it. Obviously they couldn't do it with Cam Newton. You still need guys that are going to come out and execute. And that's what Mac Jones has done. I don't know if this year he has that same success. Only because I don't know if San Francisco would have had the patience to allow him to grow and allow him to become the quarterback that he's become. And the New England Patriots are going to be good for a long time. Again. And I'm going to read this. This comes from Good Morning Football. Quote, the Patriots guaranteed $163 million of free agency and people rolled their eyes. Those add-ons have been worth every penny. Then they nailed the draft with three huge pieces. Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, and Ramondre Stevenson. Teams spend decades rebuilding. It took New England a year. And that was Peter Schreiger. Look at the Dallas Cowboys since the Troy Aikman days. How long it took them to get back to glory. After Jim Kelly retired in Buffalo, how long it took... Buffalo to even look like a somewhat decent team. Miami couldn't even get it done with Dan Marino, and they look like nothing since Dan Marino's left. And it goes on and on. You can just list teams that went into rebuilds and never came out of them. The Giants have been in a rebuild since Eli forever. They get guys like Odell, they trade them away. Bill Belichick, in the matter of a year, matter of months, whatever it may be, put the Patriots back into a competitive spot. Are the Patriots the best team in the NFL right now? No. Don't fool yourself. If you're a Patriots fan, don't lie to yourself. They're not the best team in the NFL. But they could be very soon. They're playing like one of the best teams right now. If the Patriots can have another good draft, if the Patriots can have see Ronnie Perkins take a jump, the Patriots maybe make a little move in free agency. Don't forget, Hightower, McCourty, they're, they're, their contracts are off the books next year. I highly doubt Devin McCourty is returning to football after this season. Hightower, I don't know if he'll be a Patriot next year. You got another banger in the linebacking position. Give Josh Uche a little bit more of a wiggle room to play. Patriots will be in a good position. Now, I'm not saying this is going to be a 20-year dynasty. I'm not naive. What Tom Brady was able to do with Bill Belichick will never be repeated again, even by the Patriots with Bill Belichick. However, can the Patriots be good for another six, seven, eight, nine, ten years? Yeah, they can. Because they got the quarterback of the future because the NFL let them. They got their defensive tackle in Christian Barmore. They've got their star running back, Ramondre Stevenson. Of course, they still got Damian Harris. Who knows even how long they'll be able to keep those two together. Imagine if the Belichick can add another, like, dynamite X wide receiver next year, just that X factor or like Julian Edelman comes out of retirement for the end of the year. There was a lot of people who said Bill Belichick, the general manager hindered Bill Belichick, the coach this year. I think you're looking at the possible executive of the year slash coach of the year 
coming out of one guy. All right, we're now going to get into the mailbag for today, and this will kind of end it up where I'm going to look at a couple of questions every day over on Patreon. I say, add your comments or questions. I answer them. I always pick two for the podcast, and then I go over to Patreon as soon as I'm done, and I record a Patreon exclusive for the guys over there, and I answer everybody's questions. i got a bunch of them today. I picked two from Thomas that I thought were really good questions. But let me tell you how you can join the Patreon Club, or the Patreon Club, because when you join the RayRoute Patreon page, you'll get four exclusive videos fueled by the subjects that you give me every single week. That's right. When you become a Patreon member, you'll get videos exclusive to Patreon Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But that's not all. Every second Friday, I host a Patreon hangout for all the Patreon members, and you have the opportunity to hang out on the screen with me and the other Patreon members to chat about football, life, and basically just chopping it up about everything. I also don't believe in making people pay huge money or having different tiers and excluding people. I have one tier. It's five bucks. That's it. Everybody pays the same thing, and everybody gets all of the content and all of the perks, including the link to our Discord page that's exclusive to the Patreon group where we are actively chatting about football. So don't wait any longer. Sign up for my Patreon page by clicking the link that I've left in the description or go to www.patreon.com slash Sports. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. So come join our little community of football fans over on Patreon. And let's look at a couple of the questions that I got from the Patreon crew. And Thomas wants to know, Colts or Bills, who you got? I hope for the Colts, but think the Bills will make it. Now, when I talk about who I want to see win the game, you got to ask this question. Do If you're a Patriots fan, do you believe that the Bills will win the AFC East or the, the Patriots will win the AFC East? If you believe that the Patriots are truly contending for the AFC East title, then you're obviously cheering for the Indianapolis Colts because if the Patriots win today and the Bills lose on Sunday, the Patriots are in first place and they control their own destiny going along the way. Of course, they got to play the Titans still. They got to play the Colts and they got to play the Bills twice before they finish off against some weak teams. However, if you think, man, you know what? They're probably not there. Buffalo's probably still Buffalo's. Then you're almost kind of cheering for Buffalo because that just knocks another playoff team out. The Colts are slowly trying to creep up into the playoff conversation. The Patriots are holding on to the, the sixth spot right now, that second wild card, which is better than last week. Before going into la- going into week 10, they were holding on to the seventh. Going into uh, week six, they're holding, or 11, I mean, they're holding on to the sixth. If you don't believe that the Bills are that the Patriots can win the East, then you want you want the, the Bills to win. Then knock the Colts, you know, take the Colts out of the equation. However, the way the Patriots have been playing and the way the Bills have been inconsistent, I'm probably cheering for the Colts because I want to see the I want to see the Patriots move in that AFC East. However, my head tells me that the Buffalo Bills will beat the Indianapolis Colts. I've said this before. I'm not trying to offend anybody, especially my boy Lawrence. However, I'm not as scared of the Colts as I was before the season started. They've showed me no consistency. As I talked about when I was talking about Jonathan Taylor, they got the best running back in the NFL. And if you can figure out a way to stop Taylor or slow him down, I'm not scared of their pass game. I think the Patriots could match up against it. I think a lot of teams can match up against it. Uh, and And the Colts... They don't finish games against good teams. And until they prove that, I have a hard time taking them serious anymore. They could turn around, but they're going up against, I think the, I think the Bills are ranked the number one defense in the NFL. So it's a tough game, but I'm probably still leaning towards the Bills winning. I'm sorry, Colts fans, but it's the truth. And the last question also comes from Thomas, who says, you talked about Bill making Judon a superstar. 
What does Belichick do differently than other coaches? In other words, would he become a superstar on another team? So the people who've been following me for a long time know I've always been enamored by Matthew Judon. I was so happy when the Patriots signed him. I went out and got a Matthew Judon jersey. I was so excited that he was a New England Patriot. And I believed that Matthew Judon was going to be Bill Belichick's best signing. And I said that in whatever May or, or sorry, May, March or whenever free agency started. Everybody was excited about Hunter Henry and John Smith and Kendrick Bourne. And I was too, but I said, oh my gosh, they got Matthew Judon. Because when he was a Raven, I said over and over and over again that I thought he would be the perfect player for the New England Patriots. He just seemed like a Bill Belichick guy. Here's why guys excel under Belichick. Because Belichick puts his players in the position to succeed. What exactly Belichick did differently than John Harbaugh, I don't, I can I couldn't tell you. I'm not smart enough to, to figure that piece out. What I do know, though, is Belichick knows how to use players. And he's talked about it a lot of times. Don't try to fix their weaknesses. He, you highlight their strengths. You know what they do well, and you make them do that well. You allow them to have freedom. You allow them to play confident. If you ever saw the do your job, the third one after they beat the Rams and you talk, uh, Josh McDaniels was just talking about like play calling and stuff. And he says, you know, when you get in the moments, you want to call plays that the guys are comfortable with guy plays. They've ran a lot plays that they know they're strong with. You don't want to call something that they're unsure of. I think that's the same way that Belichick just treats his players on the field, right? You want to make the call that you believe or you want to put the player, I mean, I'm sorry, in a position that he believes the player will excel at. That's why I think he's looked like a star in New England. Because everybody on the Patriots is complimentary to each other. I think Judon compliments Barmore. Barmore compliments Gotcha, the front four or front three, depending on what they're calling. They compliment the back four. I think Kyle Van Noy has success off of Matthew Judon and guys have their roles. I mean, people are like, Hey, where's Dante Hightower? He doesn't look great this year. Well, Hightower is in the run game. He's doing fantastic in the run game. They don't have him on the edge going after the quarterback and it's kind of getting missed. Judon is the guy who goes after the quarterback. Dietrich Weiss Jr. is the guy who goes after the quarterback. Play to the strengths of the team. And Judon's just a fantastic athlete. He's good in the run game. He's good in the pass game. He's good in everything. Matthew Judon is the Patriots' best player. Matthew Judon is the best free agent signing. Matthew Judon should be in contention for Defensive Player of the Year. He's already matched his sack total, career sack total is nine and a half. He still has, what, uh, seven games left to play? Wow, look how fast the season's going. Anyways, that's why I believe that the Patriots get guys like Matthew Judon and turn them into those quote-unquote superstars. And that's it, guys. Thank you so much. I know it was early today, but it's Patriots game day, and I'm not going to be late for a Patriots game. I appreciate everybody who came in for talking football. Don't miss tomorrow's show, the final show of the week. Don't forget to check me out on Newsbreak. Come check me out on Patreon. Thank you, everybody. Go Pats. Don't forget, you're all legit, kid. Do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports 
Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.